2014, while working at Baker in Georgetown, a friendly client came to me and said, Rob, Brazil is doing so great economically. This is awesome for you. My response was, oh yeah. With two really large quotations, Mark. The proud Brazilian government of the winning bids to host the, 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 the World Cup and the Olympics, which is the largest world sport event, also was making history for another event that year. The explosion of the largest corruption bubble called Operação Lava Jato, which translates to power wash operation. One president impeached, another president impeached, and a vice president sent to jail. A list of over seven influential people in Brazilian society, including top CEOs and prominent politicians, all went to jail. As a Brazilian, I have the impression that stealing practices, big or small, are very embedded in the Brazilian society, unfortunately. Stealing was a common practice in the Ephesian society as well, perhaps more than other cities. This is possibly the case because Ephesians was a really rich city, a coastal city, very populated with roads cutting through the city and had many merchants and a busy port. Paul's relationship with the church in, Ephesia, in Ephesus can be found in Acts, in, 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 in a chapter of, of the book of Acts, chapter 19, where you can see that Paul stayed there for about three years, ministering the gospel. Ephesus was also a very pagan city and also filled with rich and poor. And sadly, some of the church had given into the sin of stealing, which is contrary to God's word. In our text tonight, uh, which is found in, in, in a letter uh, written by Paul if, in, in the Ephesians letter, uh, chapter 4 and verse 28, which is found on a page 978 of the Pew Bibles, Paul boldly and specifically addresses the thieves within the Ephesians church, people who are visibly members who are stealing from others, Meaning that they were taking what did not belong to them. So please open your Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Page 978. So let me just read the verse 25 to the verse 28. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may 
he may have something to share with anyone in need. The point of this text in Ephesians is very clear. Stop stealing, but work honestly with your own hands and share the fruits of your labors with those in need. Stop stealing, but work honestly with your hands and share the fruits of your labors with those in need. These are the commands Paul gives to this specific group. Because we are sinners, we so often rob from others what God has given to them. Tangible or intangible things, pushing us not to serve the needy as God commands. So let's see how our text for tonight shines a light on this church problem by exposing it in three points. First point, God commands each man to do honest work with his own hand. Second, God commands each man not to steal. And thirdly, from his honest labors, God commands each man to give to others in need. So the enemy, if, I, if I had to write a main idea, the main idea for this text would be men should obey God's command not to steal, but to work and share the fruit of his labors with the needy. So point one, God commands each man to do honest works with his own hands. So going back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God very clearly tells us one of the reasons why he created us, to toil or to work, in other words. This should be really eye-opening to us. This is because before God had written the lengthy biblical story, given the task for, for man to work was one of God's priority for, from the beginning. This task, this, this task to work was addressed directly to a singular person, Adam. This tells us that we individually, members of society, have also individual responsibilities. We can see in Genesis 2, verse 15, that Adam was created to work or to serve God by obeying him as a servant or a slave. The practice of serving we see happen in the same chapter in Genesis, chapter, in Genesis 2, verse 19 to 20, where God brings every beast of the field and every bird of heavens to Adam. And he gives Adam the freedom to name God's living creatures to whatever he could call them. In the end, we can see in Genesis 2, verse 20, Adam, a God's, a God's obedient worker, or servant, or slave, completed the job honestly and successfully for God's glory. In this passage, once again, we can see very clearly that God created us to toil or to work since the beginning of humanity. So if you are a Christian, the simple question for you is, have you been working? Have you been working diligently on a task that God has given you to do individually as his servant and slave? This can be in your home, in your office building, or anywhere. If you are not a Christian, this question applies for you too. 
Because you are God's creation. And believing or not believing this truth, you have to work too. So working with your own hands places you as a participant in the in social fabric you are part of, in our craze, our church body. And it makes you less dependent. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. And not a burden to others. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. The biblical story in Genesis 2 also tells us that Adam eventually did not work as God told him to protect the garden as well to protect his wife from sinning. So both of them were not just fired from the job but kicked out from the presence of the holy God who was in the garden. So because Adam sinned, we all have sins too. And as a result of being a sinner, and living outside God's garden, curse is the ground, God said, because of Adam's sin. I would also say that we, sons of Adam, in pain, we would eat of all the days of our lives. Thorns and thistle would bring, for, bring, would bring forth, forth for us, and we, would eat, and we would eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of our face, we would eat bread, Till we return to the ground. So because of the difficulties of labor, as a result of Adam's disobedience, the sin of stealing from others would appear as a never-present temptation for us to try to avoid the pains that work would bring. Have you been tempted lately? Have you avoided working with your own hands because the pains of your job are too difficult to bear? So my prayer tonight is that you can see in this biblical story that we have inherited from Abdon's disobedience and that you turn around. We have inherited the sin. So remember that sufferings produce endurance and endurance produce character and a character produce hope and a hope does not put us to shame because God loves because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God surely wants you to get back to work honestly. Be responsible and to deal with the pain. Because through your pain, others will be blessed. And your pain is not forever. Point two, God commands each man not to steal. Paul here commands the thief not to steal. Paul is not addressing a specific person within the church, but persons. His address perhaps highlights the job of someone. If you're wrong, you can call it stealing a job. I'm just a bank robber, like um, the, Hollywood, the Hollywood actor Liam Nelson in Honest Thief movie. Just a, just a, a bank robber. He was a very honest person. Other jobs that plays the same role as thieves are prostitutes, which, which is robbing God's purity from others that should be saved for marriage only. Abortion clinics, robbing and kidnapping life for, for money. Piracy or hacker, making gain for others' private property. Ponzi schemers, robbing people, monetary investments. 
or poaching, killing and selling wildlife illegally. The thieves in the text mentioned by, mentioned by Paul also points to a specific people in the Ephesian society or church of that time who, were, who others knew who they were. People who were more characterized as Gentiles than Christians. And you can see that in Ephesians chapter 5, 17. Do you know thieves around you? Do you know thieves in your family, in your job, in your college, or among your friends, or, or your friends, again, once again? What they have been stealing from you, perhaps? Have they have been stealing money, time, peace, focus on the right things, strength from you, knowledge, inspiration, experiences, affection, or any type of support? What they have been stealing from others, if you know them. So we don't have any clue who the thieves were, who the thieves were stealing from. From the church members? From outsiders? So the point here is not from who or how much, but what. The points that God makes in this text is, stealing is a sin that the eighth commandment found in Exodus chapter 20, 15, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 19, clearly condemns. Stealing has a direct effect on whom the thing or things is or are stolen from, your neighbor. A thief also breaks the great commandment of God, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. Have you been truly loving your neighbors as yourself by not taking from them what belongs to them? There are so many passages in the Old Testament showing us what happened to thieves and how they act. People who practice do not love God biblically by not loving their neighbors. Few names are Jacob, in Genesis 27, Rachel in Genesis 34, 31, Achan in Joshua chapter 7, Absalom in 2 Samuel chapter 2, chapter 15, the wicked in Job 24, false prophets in Jeremiah 23, church teachers in Romans 2, and the list goes on. So because love your neighbors as yourself is, a direct, is directly tied to loving God, by not stealing from someone directly correlates with not stealing from God. It correlates to being content with what God has given you. So you could be the most independent human being on this earth with any need from anyone. And still, you, would be, you would still be stealing from others. This is because not giving or sharing with others what God in His great mercy graciously give you, you would still be holding to yourself what God might want to belong to others based on his purpose for that person. All what you have belongs to God. 
Here is in our church we are called to give. But again, not just called, but commanded to give. Not just money, but our entire lives for the continual service of this local church and other churches as well. As an evidence that we are part of God's kingdom. So don't steal from others what belongs to them, but give to them. Be the answer of prayers for the needy, not a burden for them. Third point, from his honest labors, God commands each man to give to the needy. God, through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, commands the thieves to stop stealing, do honest work, and the results of their work, give to the needy. Giving without expecting return is a sign of a changed life. So how should you give? Hear what Jesus said about, about that in Matthew chapter 6 and, chapter 6 and verse 1. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So who is actually the needy? So they need to include our church brothers and sisters in our church special, our families, our friends, the ungrateful, and our enemies. So wait a minute, our enemies? Yes. Proverbs chapter 25, in verse 21 and 22, tells us how we should give to our needy enemies. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and that the Lord will reward you. So why we should give to the needy of our church? Because God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is your individual responsibility to labor in order to support the parts of the body that is in need. Because you are part of the body too. Because the body is the body of Christ and He is the head, it's the obvious and the fact that the brain, the triune God through His words, is active support in the whole body. We as one, as well individually. So He is feeding you with all that you need so you can work. His grace is sufficient. So you may be thinking, Joab is saying that if I'm not laboring as a result not as a result not giving, am I sinning? 
Yes. You are. And you need to repent. Confess and ask God for forgiveness. And ask God to give you the strength, strategy, and opportunity, grace, faith, for you to be faithful. So the needy parts of the body might be supported from the fruits of your labor. Christ wants to bear fruits through you. Just remain Him as He remains in you. Serving others in need is an evidence that by faith you have a clear understanding of God's commandments for not to be a thief but to work and to give to others in need. Brothers and sisters, we are pretty good as a church by asking others how we can pray for them, how are they doing their job, or what they are reading. Pretty good in doing that. Now we need to be active and intentional and intentional in asking others in our church if they are in need of something. We need to be very specific about that. So we can, by God's grace and help, practically and help support them as best as we can, individually or as a church. Remember that because you are God's creation, so on whatever you do, work heartily and for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are saving the Lord Jesus Christ. A note for you, the needy. Be brave. Open your mouth and tell us your true brothers and sisters in Christ. What do you need? Share that with us. Don't just ask for prayers, but tell us. Tell the elders, your small group, if you need money to pay a water bill, money to fix your car, a ride to a doctor, a couch to sleep, or a job. Share your needs. You should praise the Lord at all times because He has provided and surely will continue providing means for us as a church to provide to one another in big ways, especially to the needy. Needy one, don't sin by, abuse, by abusing of God's goodness, goodness though, but keep trusting the Lord and pursuing a live and a holy life. God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Don't forget, brothers and sisters, when we were dead in our trespasses, in His kindness and great love, He provided us a Savior, Jesus Christ. He was not a thief, but He took on His body the sins of many thieves who believed in Him, even the one who was right next to Him before His death. Jesus died for thieves. We would never be able to perfectly work to give to others what He gave us. Those who believe salvation and justification by His resurrection and third day, that's what He gave us. We were, we were really in great need of that. That great sacrifice, love, and triumph over sin and death should compel us to work faithfully in our Christian life so we can serve the needy as Christ served and continues serving us. So to conclude... God commands us to stop stealing, 
and not be a thief. Instead, honestly work with our own hands so we can actively and practically give to the needy. By doing this, we will walk together in brotherly love as a member of this church and the universal church. By doing this, we will be able to contribute cheerfully and regular to the support of this local ministry in many ways, and especially for the relief of the poor. All these aiming to have the name of the Lord known locally and across this world. So put off the old self and put on the new self, brothers and sisters, and I keep working hard to save others. Never go weary of doing good, but lay up yourself true. But Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break and steal. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, you call us to own nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. You told us that love does not wrong to a neighbor because love is a fulfillment of the law. Would you please help us not to steal from our neighbors, but with honest work with our own hands so we can give. Please drive us to give to the needy around us like Jesus Christ gave and continue giving us. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen.